I'm well, a fun you guy. You have fun when they finish below 500. I'm just Captain Fun. I guess. Or a captain suit, the show from now on. I don't like the half point. Well, that's called the hook. I don't like it. What the hook How do you get rid of it? Can you get rid of the hook? I'm going to have a coronary. I'm getting too old for this job, but you guys may have won. Upset. If you look back at where the term came from, it was from a horse race. Upset when did you turn a, into Cliff Clavin? I like this job. I've had it for a long time, Paul. Last one. This is like chemistry lab. You're on the verge of next year's Super Bowl. I can't Bowl. help what I think. Be honest, Paulie. You're not doing this for other people's entertainment. You are truly enjoying this. This is Orange Nation. With Stephen Fonte and Polly Sebelia. Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us alongside Pauly Sibilia. I'm Stephen Fautis. We welcome you into a Tuesday edition of Orange Nation. Just one guest lined up for you today. We're going to talk a lot of Q's basketball on the show today. SU assistant coach Alan Griffin will be our guest coming up at 1 o'clock. Plus, we'll mix in your phone calls throughout 315-437-7644. We'll get into the SU football schedule as well. Uh, we discussed... The Pittsburgh game being moved to Yankee Stadium yesterday, but now we know uh, we know the layout. We knew the who and the where. We didn't know the when. Now we know the when of all these games and and how it uh, lays out from start to finish. We'll talk SU football as the show moves along, but we obviously begin, Paulie, with SU basketball, and it's been the story of the season. So many missed opportunities. They've had seven games this year decided by seven points or less. Five games decided by five points or less, and they continuously, and we've seen it now over the course of the last couple of weeks, they're playing better. They take Miami down to the wire. They take Carolina down to the wire. They take Virginia down to the wire. They just couldn't make that one more play to get them over the hump. And, uh, you know, Kihei Clark, who's been there about 15 years, he always hits a big shot, hit a, an enormous shot last night, that three-pointer that, that felt like the dagger to put Cavs up four with about three minutes to go. And they come up short again, fall by five points to a really good team. Rarely can you say something is they they missed huge free throws down the stretch, right? And their bugaboo got them at the uh, at the end of the game. They missed out on offensive re- or defensive, defensive rebound, right? That, which the, led to the Kihei yeah, Clark three. Yep. Yeah, and man, it's frustrating. I feel bad for the. I tweeted that out last night. I feel bad for these kids. But, I mean, you see the progress, but it's not showing up where it's most important, Steve. That's in the wind column. Yeah, and, and again, I mean, you, you said it, and, I, you know, you said it like a week or two ago, and I, I think it was spot on. You, you said this is going to be a, an NCAA tournament team in March, but they're not going to be in the NCAA tournament. And I, I think you're seeing a team right now that nobody would want to play, but they're not going to get there unless – Something. I mean, they got. They need a small miracle right now. They they got to go on a crazy run. Yeah. Um, There's a lot on the table for this team. Some of it very good, and some of it it could go bad. <laughs> you know, because this team, as much as we say they're getting better, they could lose a lot of games. Still, I, I found it interesting last night that you know Judah Mintz in his uh, you know post game media session, and and we ran the bite uh, last night on on News Channel Nine. The, the term ACC tournament like came out of his mouth. He said he said something along the lines of, you know, we we'll be ready to make a run at the ACC tournament. Like I I think that they realize. I mean, well, that was kind of what I gathered. That right. Yeah. There's go only ahead. three quad one wins left yeah. out of the schedule. I think they realize, and maybe he it kind of slipped and he didn't mean to talk about that, but I think they realize that that's really their ticket in at this point. Because if you go by past history, 
Syracuse with only three quad one victories doesn't get in because that was the Tyler Lydon, Andrew White, John Gillen team. Well, and again, you know, quad one, quad two, like we could break down a resume. They don't really have any wins or I'm not sure there's another win on their schedule. Again, maybe Duke, if Duke can, can start to play better. At Clemson. But I'm saying a, a win that would move the needle that you're like, wow, that's a big win. Like, I think we all look at Clemson and we're like, oh, that's a nice story. But do we really think Clemson is Well, they the, are. Well, they are. Virginia's the best team in the conference. Yes, but Clemson, I don't care what the record is. No, you. but you have, like, it's just like, it's the, the exact same thing we're saying as Syracuse will be a tournament team, but they won't get in. It's time to realize Clemson's won the games. They're good, and that's a good win for Syracuse. It, it would be yes, it would Just be because a, they have they don't have the rich history of Duke. It's still this year is the win you need. Thank you. I, okay, so I, I'm going to give you a little pushback. On Cle- like again, Clemson is good. Who is Clemson beaten? Like look at their schedule. They beat Duke. That's their best win. They, I mean, they don't. They really haven't beaten anybody. Um, I'm going to rattle through their, their conference wins. Wake Forest, Georgia Tech, NC State, Virginia Tech, NC State's Pittsburgh, a good win. Louisville. Pittsburgh's a good win. That's the ACC this year. You, you're, you're going by history. Pittsburgh is one of the top teams this year. That's just how you got to look at it. Yeah. Well, my point is, is they, they haven't played Virginia yet. They haven't played North Carolina. They haven't played Miami. Uh, you know they yes they beat Duke that was that was a good win I don't I don't know I just I am not sold on Clemson I, I think I think Clemson not only doesn't win the ACC regular season I I think they might finish third I, I'm not sure that they're that's pretty good it's good you would kill to be third in the ACC season. all right well, I don't know why we're arguing about this my point is is there's not really a win the rest of the way like last night would have been a win that's like well man they beat Virginia. I don't think there's that win on the schedule the rest of the way. Maybe Duke is my point, is if Duke turns it on. But I don't know if like a win over Clemson is going to rattle any cages. Like, oh, wow, they beat Clemson. That's my point. All right. Doesn't need to rattle cages. Just got to be in the Q1 category, right. Steve. I don't know. Yes. I don't it know. W- I'm sure it's not going to It's not going to be the headline of, of the USA Today. No. <laughs> Right. No, but it's That's a quad my point. one. That's my point. Yes. It's not going to turn I, heads. Oh, Syracuse beat Clemson? Like, yeah, I'll you know, remember, it, I'll remember where gotta, I was the day that happened. Jim Beheim brought that up. Like, he goes, the reason he doesn't like the quad system is because there is a huge difference between the number one quad one team and the final quad one team. Yes. And it doesn't matter, though. This is, this is true. This is true. I don't know why we're arguing about this because there's plenty to talk about. A, for a sports radio no, show, we got to fight. Well, there's plenty to talk I, about. I just don't want to deal with. I'd rather talk about the game. I'd rather fight with you than the dumb listeners. <laughs> I did text you last night, and I said, "All the people that were yelling at us last year about Benny deserved more time. Do we get an apology on that?" Yeah, I don't think. That, I don't think that's coming. Um, man, I don't know. Where Where, where do, you, do you even want to start? Do you want to start with Benny? Sure. Why not? All right. Your thoughts? <laughs> no, here's what here's what I'm gonna say. That you hear, because that's what everybody in the chat's talking about. We'll we'll lead with that. And this is how it went down, from my point of view, at the game. All right, Benny, I'm in the backcourt, so I don't know this, but apparently Benny Williams isn't at the game last night, Steve. I don't know if you know that. And 
it was brought to the attention of Veshu, hey, hey, Benny Williams isn't here. What, what's the deal? And the response was, Benny isn't here. Coach Beheim will release a statement after the game. And the first question after his game recap was about Benny Williams. And this is how it went down. But I don't mean to sound like I'm defending him, but I don't know if he knew he was supposed to give a statement after the game about Benny Williams or not that people were told. But here's or how- Or I will say this. Maybe as, after losing a close game like that, maybe it's not the first thing on his mind. But I... I understand where you're coming from. The other thing is, is we're told afterwards that it's a personal day for Benny. Right. Which is, my my main question is, this, what we're about to play, didn't need to happen if they had just prior to the game said, he's having a personal day. He'll be back on Wednesday. This doesn't happen. But what's, uh, what's the status on Benny Williams? Is that your question? That's the most important question you have? He was not today. Is that your most important question here? I'm just curious. He wasn't on the I will answer it. All right. Your attitude isn't really good either. <laughs> Benny took a personal day. He will be back at practice on Wednesday. If that's just said pregame, that question doesn't even come up. Well, I disagree. I think the question comes up either way, but at least... But then you just say, hey, we already released a statement. Right. Or if he addressed it in the opening statement, but again, it, it might not have been first thing on his mind after a loss like that. Oh, I got to mention Benny. Um, so there are a couple of ways that this could this could go, right? So there's there's it could be a serious reason. It could be mental health related. It could be a family matter. It could be like, again, we, we don't know what personal day means. So I think we have to be careful how we look at this. But it, 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 there's a wide spectrum of what it could be. If it's mental health, if it's family, if it's illness, I think everybody understands that. If it's kid quit on his team and they're trying to buy him some time to unquit on the team, then that's something completely different. They didn't give him a lot of time. No, I know. I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, if it's, you know, he was emotional and, I, I again, I don't know. I mean, we're speculating here because... That statement is open to speculation. Look, kid came in as a huge recruit, right? Yeah. Struggled last year. Started this year. Did not start in the final game, the blast game. Maybe he needed a day off. Maybe he does need to sit and collect his thoughts and decide what the hell he wants to do. I get it if, if that's the reason. We all do that, you know? It's just, I don't know why that couldn't have been said during warm-ups. And then it's not the first question is because we know. Well, it would have been worded different. It would have been worded different. I still think it's probably the first question because I don't know that it needed to be the first question. It It is. Listen, normally I agree with Jim Beheim on, on a lot of things on for him to say that it's not an important story. It's not a big story. Well, it, I disagree with that. After you know the answer, it's not a big well, right, story. right, but right, we didn't know what was going on, that. you know. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm there doing a live hit for Channel Nine at six twenty-five, and you know, I try to get a starting lineup. There was no starting lineup yet. I'm wondering if Malik Brown's going to start. I'm noticing Benny's not there, but obviously, I don't want to say something on the news without knowing, you know, what's going on. And then we we found out off after we hit, you know left the air that he truly wasn't in the building, and that there, you know, it would be addressed after the game. 
So, it, it, I mean, it is a big story. The kids started every game this year up until Saturday, and then for all of a sudden for him to be MIA, that normally that does not happen, right? You know, I mean, there people get benched sometimes. It doesn't mean that they're not with the team. So it, it was a big story, and I think people wanted to know what was going on. So I, I do think that even if the university said he's not here, I still think it's probably asked about afterwards. But to your point, Paulie, it's probably asked differently, and maybe it's not the first question. It's, you know, in the, the question, fifth or sixth question down the list. And like you said, I agree with Coach Bay. The question was fine. It wasn't worded in a bad attitude. And when you're told there's going to be a statement after the game, you're probably expecting that's what's going to lead the presser off, and then he would get into the recap. Right. I thought he would say before I get into the game. Yeah. I just yes. I that's what I I thought. But again, maybe it's not on the first thing on his mind. So I'm not. You know, I don't even know if he knew. Like right. Well, right. It, it could have been <laughs> nobody. Right. Uh, my guess is that he was going to say something about it, and maybe after the game, it just kind of slipped his mind because there was a heated game that they just played against the sixth-ranked team in the country, and it got away at the end, and, and he was talking about the game. So, you know, I'm not going to take issue with that as much as I I do think. And, and listen, it's, it, it's, it's not for us to determine what is, is said publicly and what is not said publicly. Like, you know, we, we saw the other night with the Cincinnati Bengals and how they lost the game, and, you know, even though – that player was getting legitimate questions in the locker room afterwards. You know, he, he had teammates coming up and trying to deflect those questions. You know, I understand why maybe the coaches don't want us to know what exactly is going Like, I get that. Like, you keep some things in-house. Like, I understand that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we at least have to ask the question and try right. to get the answers because everybody's talking about it. Everybody wants to know. The fans want to know. Media wants to know. Like, everybody wants to know what, what the deal is. And- so I get it. And it's weird that we're leading with this, right? But, you know, Groundhog Day is just a couple days away. And I feel like when we're talking about Syracuse losing quad one games, it's the exact same story. Yeah, It's a heartbreaking loss for a bunch of kids that couldn't rebound down the stretch, missed free throws down the stretch, just made a young team mistakes. This is different than what we normally have to talk about. And we'll get into the game. We'll get into more Coach Beheim's press conference. But, yeah, I and we'll take your calls. I'd rather take your calls today and just hear your thoughts on everything. Also, 315-437-7644. Good news. So, Steve, uh, 1245, we're going to give away Luke Bryan tickets. Nice. We're going to sweep the nation. You got, a, you got a question picked out already? No. That would require show preparation, and I don't Oh, do you that. did some show prep. No Jordan today. You you sent out a rundown before the show started. It's It was about five words, but it was it was yeah. something. I do. Jordan's very, very... He's very detailed. Yes, you are not. I am more of a Cliff Notes version. <laughs> yes. That was, I'm not even sure like, that constitutes Cliff Notes. I don't know that I needed to do a rundown today because I know what the hell we're talking it about. It was basically... 12 o'clock, sports. <laughs> <laughs> Benny Williams, SU lost, football schedule. Done. Griff. Two hours. Done. Let's do it. We'll we'll get to Tom's call when we come back. Yeah, let's hit Tom, a break please here. please hold. We rambled about Benny Williams. All right. Uh, we're going to get to Tom and your phone calls on the other side. We're back after this on ESPN Radio. Welcome back to Orange Nation on a lighter side of all the badness happening in the world. 
Our artist of the day is Chicago. Happy birthday to one of the members. Uh, the uh, the guitarist. Ooh. Terry Kath. I'm a more fan of the horn section. 70, uh, 74 today. It's, I was confused because it says the 74th anniversary of his birth. That would be his birthday. That would be his birthday. 25 or 624, this one. Steve, do you know that this hour of Orange Nation is brought to you by the Elite Wealth Management Group, your GPS to financial planning? I know that read by heart now. All right, uh, let's hit the phone lines. Tom no. in Liverpool has been waiting patiently Thank for you, us. Tom. Tom, how are you today? Hey, guys. That's okay. I was going to ask you about Benny anyway, so it's. Okay. It was interesting to listen to you guys. Uh, I was just wondering, who asked that question? Who's that student? Because I think he's the only person I've heard in the last 20 years that actually stood up to Bayheim. He did. He said, he said are you going to answer the question? Oh, and he did not. And I loved it. You got an attitude, don't you? I thought it was great. I don't think I've ever heard anybody stand up to the guy. Because, you know, everybody, depend, a lot of you guys depend on him, I'm obviously. You know, like Polly said yesterday, I know where my bread is buttered. So, <laughs> you know, I, I realize that, you know. But it was refreshing to actually have somebody stand up to him. Yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a give and take that, uh, that made it all the way to ESPN last night. Scott Van Pelt had it on his show. Did he really? Good, yeah, good. yeah, he, play, he well, played they, the exchange. That kid will never be back, but at least he did it once. Yeah. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right, Tom. We appreciate checking in. You got anything else for us? No, that's about it. I just, you know, it's been a year of, uh, as my friend says, excruciating losses. My friend said, it's, it's like I'm getting kicked in the nad over and over and over again. And that's how everybody feels. Yeah. Just not yeah. A good... yeah, it, it was. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. It's it's just so frustrating because they do have some talent, you know. Yeah, and and I think I think we're starting to see signs that that they're coming together. Are you um, glad if you asked if he had any more? Well, it was it was a gut <laughs> punch for sure. I mean, it was. I, hey, I would was a little lower than apparently. <laughs> I would have gone uh, kick to the stomach. <laughs> uh, I get it though. I get it, man. Right in the junk. Just make your free throws. Grab a rebound. The, the little things are magnified in, in, in close losses and in close games in general, but in close losses. And I, and I think, you know, Virginia is so comfortable in those games. Like, they, they always find a way. They've got, they've got so many guys who can hit big shots. And, you know, Kia Clark, he just, that's what he does. He just hits big shots, you know. Against Syracuse. He does. I mean, he's, he's made a, a career out of it. Um, and then, you know, even with that shot, Cuse has the ball down two. With about a minute to go, and then Jesse... And then we get an offensive foul. It's yeah. Groundhog Day. Yeah, right. It, it was a foul, right? I mean, there's... No... It, it, I don't... It, it wasn't in the first half. It was in the second half. It, it was a play on in the first half. Yeah. It was a... And I'm not blaming the refs. Don't... It was a... It was a tale of two halves on how that game was ref. Yeah. They called nothing in it the first... It was very inconsistent, yes. Called nothing in the first half, ton in the second. Yeah. And I'm not saying the calls were bad. I'm just saying it was kind of strange. I think it was probably a foul. And we'll get Griff's thoughts. I mean, he's coming up at 1 o'clock. I, I'm curious to get his thoughts. It was, you know. Yeah, I didn't. Anytime there's an offensive foul or a block, you know, it's a bang-bang play. As they say, it could go either way. I think it was probably a charge. There was one play that kind of stuck out to me. 
that was called a foul, and I don't know if it was or not. Did you see the play when Judah just stood there when the guy tried to go over him? Yeah. I feel if Judah didn't duck, it's not a foul. It was, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Refs didn't lose him that one. No, no. No, not at all. Um, I thought for what it was, it was a pretty the well. The Carolina game is is a different story, and we can talk about the officiating in that game. I didn't think it was necessarily, again, both teams can say, well, that call should have gone our way or that one. Um, I think it was probably a charge on Jesse, and it, that was a, a key call in the game, obviously, because there's a you minute know, left. Jesse leaves the game, and, and you, you go from down two to down four on the next possession. It's funny. We say it's a learning moment. Like, hey, that's a learning moment. It's just... People aren't learning from other people's mistakes. <laughs> Does that make sense? Like, the offensive foul in the North Carolina game was Judah. This time it's Jesse. Yeah. Man. At least that one wasn't flagrant That's last a, night. Yes. Right? He's right. It's a kick somewhere. It's a kick. Here's Coach Beheim on, uh, on Virginia. Listen, Virginia's really good, okay? Since I've been in the league, they have the most wins in the league. By far. All right? We're about sixth or seventh in wins in the league. So, yeah, they beat us just like they beat everybody else. In fact, we beat them two times that we shouldn't have beat them. <laughs> They've won, I think, eight of nine, something like that. Virginia nine. is really good. And, again, they, they are, they're very comfortable in close games. They play so many close games because – of their style of play, and again this year they've got they've got some balance. I mean, they have seven guys averaging seven or more points, and nobody averaging more than thirteen points per game. Everybody's in that seven to thirteen range, but they they play a ton of close games, low scoring games generally, and they know how to win. They know how to go possession by possession at the end of a contest and win it. And you know that game was tied with four minutes to go, and Virginia, you know, outscored Syracuse ten five or whatever I, it was down the stretch of that game to win it. I know. In- I know there's no moral victories, Steve. It's 62 points isn't a lot. But Syracuse last night put on a clinic on how to score against the pack defense last night. I mean, I mean they, they were they, 60 plus percent in the first half, 50 percent for the game. Yeah. From the field. And they only scored, so that just shows you how good they are. They scored 62 points and played well. Yeah, I mean, there was there was like no rebounds in the first. I looked at the rebounding numbers at halftime, and there were like no rebounds for either team. Everybody was making shots. They both shot over sixty percent. Uh, this one makes me kind of feel like a hypocrite. This next one we're going to address, okay? Because we sit here on this show and we criticize the team for slow starts, and then it was, why the heck are you pulling Chris Bell? After 14 seconds in a turnover. Yeah, you gave them the ball of catching the ball and gave them the ball. You can't play and do that. You can't. There's some things you can't do. Like if you catch the ball and you hold it and the guy comes up and takes it out of your hands, you can't play. He's right, but then again, I'm like, that's got to be morally crushing for a kid, right? I would uh, I would assume so, um, but he also has to know that he did that, right? And the other thing too is this isn't game two, you know. It's uh, it's game twenty three, and they've been trying to get him to 
to play right out of the gate and play more aggressive and and you know Jim Bam's right in that like he just the defender just walked up and like took the ball from him and you got to be ready to play and I think that's that's been a, a continuous message to him is you got to be ready to play and you got to stick your nose in there and you got to you got to be aggressive and um like I get why he did it but I also hate that he did it here's the thing I was I wasn't surprised he took him out after 14 seconds. I was surprised that we didn't see him the rest of the first half. Um, but some of that had to do with Justin Taylor came in and played well. And, you know, if he's earning the time and he's doing what you asked him to do, I, I so I, I understand that. I will say this about Chris Bell. For him to come out and, you know, he hit a three, and then right after they got fouled on a three, made all three free throws, he scored six straight points for this team. I thought that was a, a sign of some resiliency there uh, after, as you said, that could be soul-crushing or whatever you yeah. said to come out at 14 seconds. To be able to keep your head in the game and come you know, come into the game cold the way that he did and score six straight points, you know, good for him. Um, and, and hopefully he learns in the next one yeah. and then he, he comes out ready to play. Because having the ball taken away from you in that manner, that's a, that's a sign a that you're not, re- you're not ready to play. It's a horrible turnover, but I, I guess I have a conscience. I, I would not make a good basketball coach because I'd be like, You'll get through this, champ. We all make mistakes. You'll get them next time. You buy, or that? maybe wait two possessions yeah. before I take. Yeah, <laughs> maybe two mistakes. I don't know, but it is. I don't know. I hate that he did it. I get that he did it because I sit here and go, "This team has slow starts, opening possession. He turns the ball over." And I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> why?" I like that kid. All right, let's go to Vito in uh, Syracuse. Vito, what's up? Guys, what's up? So, yeah, I'm out of here on Thursday. Fly off to Boston. I'm, Paul, I got a question for you. Should I wear a bag over my head? Are we at that point? No. No. <laughs> Give it a couple more games. <laughs> All right. I was going to put a, a SU on the front of the bag and, and wear it. But, yeah, no, maybe we're not there yet. If they lose, um, you might want to throw it out on the way out. Wait, what's that? Just put the bag in your pocket, and if, they're lose, if they lose, you can wear it out yeah. of the arena. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I don't know if I should go in with a mask and then if we do good, take it off, you know, because who knows what's going to happen. I will say this. We, we actually, I, I wasn't impressed at all. They're, they're number six, and, and I'm, I'm not impressed at all with Virginia. I thought we played much better than them for a lot of the game. Um, there, you guys mentioned the key plays. You kind of stole my thunder, but I thought there were two huge plays that, I mean, obviously Mintz missed those two free throws late. That was huge, but when I can't remember his name, Van something on Virginia, uh, missed the layup, got his own rebound. They kicked it out to uh, Franklin maybe. And then Franklin got it to Clark for the three. They went up 62 58 there. And then obviously the Jesse foul. And I will say this. I heard Pat on the post game last night and I agree hundred percent with him when Jesse got the ball uh, there and committed the offensive charge. The, the whole dome was yelling. No. Did you hear that Polly? I did not. Uh, I have headset on, so I did not hear it, but it, it's just, I believe it. It's yep. like, I, I, you can hear it sometimes when some players take threes. Yeah. That shouldn't be, but yes. Yeah, so. yeah. Like it was, it was like Steve Carell from the office, you know, no, it was, and, and it, you just saw it coming. It, it was, it was a train wreck. And, and to me, that's coaching, you know, you're, you're supposed to tell the players, 
or Jesse, don't, we don't need you up high 12 to 15 feet from the basket getting the ball. And if you do get it there, do not try an offensive move there. You know, you're too far away. We don't need you rickety rackety running in there and slamming into someone. And to me, when you watch the play, he just immediately just puts his shoulder down. Like everything that you're not supposed to do, he did there. And, uh, Another thing I want to say is uh, Taylor was one for five from three. Joe was one for four. Mintz was 0 for three. To me, that's where the game is lost. All these other things, missed free throws, uh, you know, the Jesse charge and, and the Taylor missed rebound there when Kia Clark got the three. Those, those are just, you know, formalities of the game. But when you can't go between those guys one for two for 12 and, and expect to win, especially Joe. And last thing I want to say is, I don't know. I, I don't want to bad mouth Joe, but I just feel like him, his existence here for four years. I know you guys are going to rip me for saying this, but I, I just feel like, you know, Kaderi took off. That was a huge point of contention amongst the fans. I just feel like that Joe being here, it, you know, Pat, mentioned in a previous call how the, the we need bigger guards in the top of the zone. I just feel like it was a snowball effect, a negative effect, him being here. He's been great in terms of scoring and stuff, but I just feel like overall that really hurt the program these last three, four years. That's all I got, guys. All right, Vito. It was such a good call. I know. We, we, were, we had a lot we could talk about. And we then, were laughing about bags on our heads. And then it, 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 it just, yeah. You know what that was? That was a kick. That was a kick somewhere. <laughs> also, come on. I want him back for another year. <laughs> I know you do. I know you do. I can't with I can't with the Joe. But it's not his fault. <laughs> it's not. And and you know, it, it going back to Jesse too with the offensive foul, it's like it, we're they, gonna get a call, Steve, yeah. in the near future and be like, if only Joe Girard was playing defense on Keith Smart. They would have never lost that game. <laughs> it's coming. Like he, I just heard the downfall of the program. <laughs> Is Joe Girard? Give me a break. Like I even uh, extended an olive bridge like, a couple days ago, and I said, you know what? The because when we're hearing like Benny and other things, the Kadari was at least a. A legitimate argument like he he put up numbers and you could see him perform like and then comparing it to Benny and stuff no no but come on Joe Girard is not the reason this team is in the position it is over the past few years and it's not Joe's fault that Kadari left like yeah. we do know that yeah right? Right. like it's yeah and, uh, anyway, and if Kadari had stayed, he'd probably there'd be no Judah Mintz here, right? I can't, I can't do this anymore. Yeah, how about we? Uh, I need a personal day. How about we? Uh, Can how about I, we take a timeout? I'm gonna transfer to Seton Hall's radio network. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a timeout. Uh, we'll get to Mark. more more yeah. more of your phone calls on oh, the great. other side. We're back after this on ESPN Radio.